get your blood pumping. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Native and Quip. They bring the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who still hasn't melted, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hey, Jeff. Hey, everybody. Yeah, that's because I've officially been delayed until 2021. I want to give fans the best version of me. And it's just not now <laughs> what's the uh what's the version we've, we've been giving them for the last seven years no i mean 2019 had some ups and downs uh i mean the past few weeks have been bad they've <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah in the previous six years uh, <laughs> you were in you were in uh you were in you were in early access and then for six years yeah, yeah. i gotcha uh, will be coming soon but multiplayer has been a hit so <laughs> Oh, yes, we have delays to talk about. We got a ton to talk about. It is uh, this summer just relentless with the with the video game news, interesting games to talk about that we can play. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Danny's listening to call signs because we have the founder and host of Gamer Tag Radio, Danny Pena, joining us for the first time. Hey, Danny. Hey. Hey, first of all, it's an honor to be here, man. Uh, I know we met a couple times. We got to see each other at past events, and, and this is the first time recording together, finally, man. So it's really cool. Thanks thanks yeah. for inviting me, man. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. We should have done this a long time ago. I'm so glad to have you. Um, and we got a lot of juicy stuff to talk about. Oof. And I know you're 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 an Xbox guy, so we got a lot of Xbox stuff to talk about. So let's uh, let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by using our subreddit. That's five by five DLC reddit.com fun folks hanging out there posting stories posting feedback to the show posting video game discussions par excellence uh you can also use old-fashioned email if you want to send us an email we have one it's called uh, dlc feedback at gmail.com yes dlc feedback at gmail.com uh love hearing from you whatever you'd like to tell us danny you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Ooh, I think uh, Halo Infinite, man. Getting delayed, yeah. 2021, man. And and the thing is, next year is the 20th anniversary of, of the first Halo game. So mm. it makes sense. It makes sense that it comes out yeah, next maybe year. that's why they did it. Right? No, no, it's not because of that, but I, I wish it was because of that. But honestly, like, I got to see 
the game, you know, like everybody else during the game showcase. And then we got invited through uh, from the, uh, 343 to get to see this uh, behind closed doors, you know, virtually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we talked to, to the team, got some questions about the game and everything. And, you know, they, they seemed like they were very happy about presenting this to the world for the first time, right? And I've spoken to people even before they show this, and they were very excited, but it seems like the crowd wasn't that excited. Like, the majority were mm-hmm. just had a lot of mixed reactions about the yeah. presentation. You know? But I, I don't know. To me, I, I really enjoy the the taking it back to the old days of halo like that that type of you know that type of style um but yeah it's just it's sad man it's sad but now reading more about it i heard that uh that this game was it was planned to release by pieces so it will be a little bit with the single player not fully with the multiplayer and so on throughout a couple months like that i feel like it's better that they're releasing it all into one package next year i think it's a lot better like that so yeah, I guess that was under consideration. I guess they deliberated on that for about 24 hours before making the decision to delay the entire game mm-hmm. and release it as one piece, as you said, which is an interesting, interesting look behind the scenes as to what that decision process was like. But yeah, this is this is clearly huge news. Uh, we have new consoles coming out this year. Halo was poised to be, Halo Infinite was poised to be the premier launch title for xbox series x of course it wasn't exclusive to the next gen it was going to be playable across all the xbox family of consoles but and pc for that matter uh but this was really the the game i mean this is the super mario world right this is the pack-in game that's gonna not pack-in it wasn't a pack-in but this this was the game that was going to launch with the system and show its capabilities um and after the first public showing of gameplay we talked on the show and lots of people across the internet of course were giving their opinions a lot of people didn't feel like it lived up to the hype or the promise of what next gen should deliver and it sounds like 343 made uh made a decision to to really try to step up the presentation in particular and we talked about that press release the 343 talk uh, put out about uh how they agreed that some of the visual elements weren't up to what they were hoping and wanted more time to work on that. And it sounds like Microsoft made the tough decision to push into 2021. We do not have a specific window in 2021. We don't know if this is a now year push or just a few months or how long this is actually going to be as a delay. We do know that they have reconfirmed the console is not being delayed. So this will be a game that comes out well after the console is delayed. Now, Danny, I'm curious, you said you, you know, you got some behind closed doors look at the game. Mm -hmm. Are you glad that the game is getting more love before it comes out? Do you feel like it was lacking in your view? Did it, does it feel like it needed this? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I enjoyed Halo 5 multiplayer, but I wasn't too impressed with the story. And I think with this game, you could tell that they're really taking it back with Master Chief, Cortana. And yeah, I'm happy that it's getting delayed because the worst thing you could do is release a game that is not 100% there and it will get mixed reviews. You want your flagship title to be getting nines and tens, great reviews everywhere, right? And plus, this is the product, this is the game that's going to help push the sales for not only for the consoles, the next gen console, Xbox, Series X, and S, the rumor, Lockhart, 
but also this is going to help gave it, get even more subscribers to um, to subscribe to Xbox Game Pass because that's another thing that Xbox really wants to push for for next gen. So yeah, yeah. you know what? Take their time. Hey, I'm happy that it's got delayed, man. I'm disappointed at the moment, of course, right? Because I was super excited to play this with my with my brother because we're huge Halo fans. But hey, take the time, man. I'm okay with it. Yeah, in 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 one sense, I kind of I, I tweeted this out when it happened. I kind of think this is a baller move on Microsoft's part, right? This is exactly what we claim to always want as consumers, as fans of video games, is not to put out an unfinished product, not to put out a game as service that is just going to rely on being patched up to snuff. You know, this is the the Fallout 76s of the world, right? Where, yeah, it's a living product. We'll put it out in this state that we're not particularly happy with and you won't be particularly happy with. But at a certain point, we'll patch it enough times that it'll get to be the thing that we all hoped it would be. But meanwhile, it's a live game and we're charging real human dollars for it. This is the kind of thing we hope for. This is the kind of thing where a game isn't held captive by its marketing window. It isn't held captive by a firm release that needs to happen. It really is allowed to be, you know, this, we, we complain about this all the time as a community is, oh, well, the marketing department decided on the release date. So it came out and it wasn't great. This is the thing. This is Microsoft stepping up and saying, hey, our flagship new console is going to miss its flagship new game so that that game can make a good first impression on everyone and not have to be a game that is patched into excellence. And I, I think that's pretty baller. Um, Christian, we had Phil Spencer on Animal Talking with Gary Witta talking about how basically... Microsoft's angle this generation isn't to sell more consoles than Sony or Nintendo. Uh, Quote, if selling more consoles than Sony and Nintendo was our approach, we wouldn't put our games on PC, Spencer said. We wouldn't put our games on Xbox One. We wouldn't do xCloud and allow people to play games on their phones. How many consoles do I sell versus how many consoles does another company sell? Sony or Nintendo or any other company back in the day. That's not our approach. So, Christian, my question to you is, clearly this is going to impact Xbox Series X sales. How much of a um, cliff drop do you expect from this? At least initially, not a big one. And I think that's because uh, people like the three of us, uh, you know, like the tech lust people, um, depending on when it comes out and, and shortages potentially and getting these things out and people's ability. And price point. Right. And so I, I, I think initially through this year, it'll be okay. I, I do. So, you know, <laughs> it's like one, when I see stuff like this, I'm always like, Oh, it's going to be a, a fun week uh, of DLC. Um, <laughs> right. Two, two, it, it, I'm glad they're delaying it. Right. Like, I want the best game. I want the, the the best game possible to come out. But something messed up. You know, like they've announced it for years or a year, whatever it's been, that this is a launch title. Granted, you could play it across, you know, different consoles or whatever. Um, this was not their plan. So I don't necessarily disagree with you that it's a, a quote, baller move, but it's not... I, I guess to me, the baller move is you, 
you get it right. Yeah. Or recognizing it before the public sees it. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 and I know that making games is very hard and games often get delayed. Um, but yeah, this couldn't have been an easy decision and I, I feel for everyone involved. And, um, I hope that this means that they're not crunching for extended months. I, I fear that oftentimes it's, it's the opposite and it's just longer extended crunch to try yeah, to usually out now. Um, but I think I, I, I'm going to paraphrase because, uh, you know, there's too many texts that I want that want to scroll up through. But I do wonder, besides like you, Danny, and I and, and folks like us, mm-hmm. you know, who buys an Xbox Series X now at launch when most of the games that we know about, the big games to be kind of hyped about, are available either on your current console or your PS4 or maybe your PS5? or your PC, like what, what, and I'm not saying don't buy an Xbox Series X, but what I am saying is what is the appeal to buy one at launch at all other than new shiny? Hmm. It, see, for me, it all depends what Xbox is going to announce next for in August or the rumor supposedly got pushed back now to September. If they will surprise us either with a game or maybe have something like a special limited time only you would get let's say uh, six months of game pass or or a year of game pass if you buy the console lockhart or xbox series x then people will actually probably will buy it you know like limited time only maybe that will push people to buy it but besides that if there's no other big game you could just keep on playing with your original xbox xbox one or you just get a tablet or mobile and, and also play through xCloud. You really don't need to buy a console now. When I think once once we see more titles coming out, then yeah, that's an opportunity for people to actually buy the console if they want, man. But so but at the end of the day, if you think about it, like you were saying, Jeff, that's not their focus to sell the console at all. Yes, it might hurt them short term because there's no Halo Infinite, but in the future, it's gonna help them. More people are gonna subscribe to the service, I think, even without buying. Series X. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what this Lockhart announcement consists of because all indications are it will be a, an Xbox Series S like Sam. Yeah. And, uh, and that will be this very low cost alternative to get in on this generation mm-hmm. without a disk drive and who knows what else that it, it may well be a, um, a primarily streaming type device. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but the idea is that it will be this very low cost entry point mm-hmm. to this generation. And if, if Microsoft's strategy such as it is, <laughs> yeah. is to say, Hey, w- you can, you can get a hundred excellent games for very little upfront cost and then $10 a month or zero upfront cro- cost and like $15 a month or something. Like if they roll the cost of an S into a monthly fee if they you know subsidize the purchase of the new console somehow or or make it like getting a phone used to be where you you know basically get a phone for free with the subscription to the service if they do that with s or even with series x that's a pretty compelling idea for people looking at the holidays and if you're not you know super excited about sony exclusives which i happen to be but maybe there are others who you know aren't super excited about them. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty compelling argument to say, hey, low barrier to entry. 
and you have all of these great games uh and they're it, it's it's low cost monthly i think i think there's a, a case to be made and we really haven't seen that case because we don't know what s is how much it's going to cost what their plans are but if that all coalesces like you're saying danny yeah. in september mm-hmm. we may be looking at a, a very different kind of environment here you know I, landscape here i could tell you my theory which i i talked about this with with uh, my co-host paris and pete so you know the 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 leak of the controller that just came out yeah the white controller i think is robot white yeah. it was supposed to be uh coming out sometime in november and in the packages talks about xbox series x and s so my theory is i think in order for microsoft to have Lockhart as cheap as possible, why not sell that console without the controller? Because if you have the Xbox One controller or the Elite, the adapter controller, you can still play Lockhart using those old controllers. You don't need to you don't need to get a console with that controller in, included into the box. The only way Microsoft can manage to do something like that is have it in bold controller is not included within the box right so they could have it. they could have that console for 250 or even 199 yeah and that, that would will, be that would be pretty massive yeah people will actually buy i think parents especially will go to the store you know during uh black friday they'll go and they'll see oh wow the new console costs 199 bucks i'm buying this because hopefully the they'll be talking through their masks when they say that. Oh, yeah. Yes, go I, ahead. I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> but but you, you get what I'm saying? It it look, yeah. I think Microsoft, I do, I do. Microsoft could change the conversation in September when they have their next digital event, and it's all about the price. How 343 changed the conversation when everybody was talking about the graphics. As soon as they found out that the multiplayer was gonna be free, the conversation completely changed. Completely mm-hmm. change, and I think Xbox could do the same exact thing with the price of this console. I love the idea of it being this stripped down. Like, okay, we're not going to give you a, a controller. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like old OEMs. You know, it's like it's just a brown paper bag, and inside it is most of an Xbox. Uh, there's no shell or case or anything. But it, but look at how cheap it is. <laughs> you know, they had yeah. no controller. Uh, we took out all the lights or branding. It's just a it's just a circuit board, really. And no. Uh, but I, you know, I think you're right. Uh, all joking aside, I think you're right that the the potential for them having this really low cost. Now, of course, we also know that there's two SKUs of the PlayStation Five. We don't know the price delta between those. It doesn't seem like it's going to be quite as drastic as what they're attempting with Lockhart. But there's a lot of question marks still. Um, Christian, are you are you compelled by this this notion? Do you think that Microsoft has a a potential uh, sales pitch for a holiday 2020 that might actually put them ahead of the game? I like the idea of a console without a controller as an option because they have been so good about saying all of your old stuff works and you likely have one. And you can buy a controller if you want or there is one bundled with it if you want also. But I do like that option. I like it a lot. I I have an Elite that I really like. And unless they show me something that their new controller can do that you know, this can't, I probably would continue to use my elite. Sony has been saying, you know, that their controller is special whiz bang and it has all this stuff that PS4 controllers don't have. So you're going to want that PS5 controller for that experience. But if the Xbox controller is kind of, you know, same thing. Yeah, I, I probably would opt for that. 
controller-less console uh, going into it. I think the thing that's interesting here about this conversation that we're having is, and I agree with a lot of it, but it's all about their services. We're not talking about, they could offer that right now. You know, like, yes, the new console will be faster, better, but I think that the question still kind of remains is like, you're buying this box to play, I guess, the best version of a cross-gen game. And so they're bundling it with these services to get that done. But like this services and these bundles and all of these things that we're talking about, they all already exist. So so it's like, it seems like what Microsoft would be doing if they position it this way in a big way to try to move the box is a, a fallback, right? Like, oh, well, we don't have the thing we were going to try to use to get these out. Let's do this instead. Or to what extent, like that interview with Gary, you know, they don't care because I'm already paying my monthly, you know? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. It's just, it's I, I, I forget where it was. And maybe I mentioned it on the show before. It was like Hollywood Reporter. And I'm paraphrasing uh, a lot here, but the, the anecdote remains where I think it was with J.J. Abrams. It's just like, it's really weird to know that my show doesn't need to make money and no one needs to watch it because the only point of my show is to sell a hundred more iPhones each year is a new mentality for me. And it's like this, yeah. there's this disconnect and Microsoft I think is, is playing that game. Now I'm not going to buy a series X. They look at my account and they're like, uh, Xbox live subscriber for 20 years, uh, ultimate game pass, ultimate subscriber for four years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But also, isn't it weird to be in that position where they're doing everything right in a sense? I feel a little disappointment. I feel like this sadness of, oh, they're not coming out guns blazing on November the whatever teenth, the same day, you know, two days different than the thing that is also coming out guns blazing and they're going to go head to head. Like, that's an old paradigm that I find myself sad to lose but what it's being replaced by is something that is definitely better right (laughs) what's better is microsoft going hey don't worry about it you don't have to spend six hundred dollars right now hey don't worry about it you're not gonna have to spend sixty dollars five times to get all these cool launch titles (laughs) hey don't worry about it you don't have to get a new controller you don't have to you know it's it's all very consumer friendly and Hey, we're not going to rush halo out to try to dominate holiday 2020 and make our flagship thing be so much more popular. Even if it's not ready right now, like they're doing all the right moves and I still find myself going, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, Jeff, we're not used to that, man. PC, right? PC has been doing that forever. Right, mobile phones. Every time Apple announces a new phone, everybody's like, "Oh my god, I'm getting a new phone!" But you're using the same apps, the same everything yeah. from the previous one, and this is the first time that we're seeing this on a console. And yes, console wars that is done. That's been done. This generation is completely done because Nintendo is doing something completely different. Xbox is doing something totally different. And PlayStation, hey, they're comfortable where they're at. They're also doing something totally different compared to everybody else. And now, now for us as gamers that we've been playing video games for so long, this is going to be like the most interesting next gen for us because now we have more options. 
We don't have to yeah, buy true options, actual true options. options, actual yeah. options. You remember those yeah. days back in the nineties? It was either you only have Nintendo, Super Nintendo, or Sega Genesis. You want blood for Mortal Kombat? Hey, you got to get the Genesis. You know, like you only had <laughs> right. two options. Now we have so many, and the good thing is that I love their approach of about what, what Xbox is doing. Is now the Xbox community is going to grow even more. There's going to be people that are going to play Xbox for the first time on their on their mobile device that they, they they don't have the money to to afford like to buy a brand new console but they have a mobile android device and they have a controller yeah you i know? hope it's not an iphone I, well yeah that, that's another conversation but yeah <laughs> yeah but it's cool I, uh, think, I think it's really cool i can't wait to see the, the future with all this i think it's gonna be really really fun for all of us man i i'm on that i'm on that i'm on board with that as well yeah i'm on that train um let me ask you, before we get off this topic, let me ask you guys one more thing, because we've talked, we swayed to sort of talking about Microsoft and Xbox in general, and not really about Halo Infinite in particular. And my question to you, Danny and Christian, uh, but Danny first, is what do you hope to see when Halo Infinite is re-unveiled, re-debuts, you know, whenever that may be, three months, six months, a year from now, mm-hmm. whenever we see Halo Infinite and they're like, okay, we're back. Is it just like sweet ray tracing and, and flashy stuff? Or do you want to see a fundamentally different game in some way? I just want a fun experience. I, I, I'm one of those people that I really don't care much about the graphics. I've always been that way s- since I was young. And I'm going give to you, give you a perfect example, Jeff. I have more hours playing The Witcher 3 on my Nintendo Switch than my Xbox, on, your Switch. on my Switch than my <laughs> Xbox One console. You know why? Because uh, pre-COVID, we used to travel a lot, right? So I was always yeah. taking my Switch with me. So yeah, it's not no 4K, but I had a blast. And that's what I want with Halo Infinite. I just want a game that is fun, interesting story, something that I'm never going to forget. You know, I, I remember yeah. playing Halo, the first Halo almost 20 years ago. Me that, too. that first level was like, wow, that was amazing trying to escape from that ship, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, it was an amazing experience. And, and and I also remember watching the demo that they had. Uh, it was Halo 2 at E3 right before the game came out. I think it was like a year or so. And that demo was amazing. That was I remember watching that demo for the whole year until the game came out. You know, so yeah. that's the type of, of content and demo that I would love to see with with uh th- from uh, three four three that just gonna gets me super excited about the game man you know so yeah, yeah. show us something really cool man that's what I want Christian from my point of view I want to see some rays traced you know next time I, I'm hoping at least we get some some traced rays um, but what what would you like to see the next time that Halo pops its head from the ground graphically if it's a showpiece i want 144 frames per second i will or 120 frames per second i want ray traced and i want ai that feels as smart as it felt the first time i played halo 20 years ago yes. right like the memories yes. of like oh, i'm being i'm being flanked oh this is that and that and like other games have caught up but i i want that and then um game wise i agree with what danny said i mean I want a compelling narrative that pulls me through this game and is interesting and intriguing about Master Chief and this world he lives in and and you know what what is actually happening and I want the bombastic set piece levels to help 
break up the run and gun first person shooting. I think Halo's done a really good job with that. And uh, I mean, that, 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 that will do it. That I think the story is the bigger question for me. I think graphically I will likely enjoy the game and I hope, you know, I thought reach was, was great. I, I really loved mm. the story they told there without master chief. And the first halo was so interesting because everything was this puzzle and new and fresh. And I hope they're able to recapture that for uh, halo infinite. Yeah. I, can, I would be surprised if anything changes story-wise uh, between now and whenever the game comes out. I feel like it's a lot of um, polish stuff that they're trying to, you know, the, it's it, that, that wow factor, that, that eye popping wow factor. And hopefully all that stuff was already in place as far as story wise and, and yeah. campaigns, you know, set pieces and stuff. Hopefully that was already going to happen. If this had come out in November, it's just the, uh, the stuff that makes it feel next Jenny, I think is what they're going to try to inject into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see it. Anybody want to make a prediction as to the next time we see a uh, halo or when, when it will actually release? Do you guys think it'll be a full year delay or do you think it'll be just a few months? What do you, what's your guess, Danny? I think my prediction, if, if we get to see this at E3, if there's ever E 3 next year, I think the game might come out then either September, unless they have a major title coming down in November or if not, then release it during the 20th anniversary of Halo. Of the oh, wow. Halo in, yeah. in November. Well, that would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. I mean, that that's a long delay, though. Do you, Christian, do you, do you agree? Do you think it'll be like a full year delay? If I had to guess just off my seat of my seat of my pants, if I were wearing pants, um, <laughs> February, March. Yeah, February, February March. March. Interesting. You, but you know, got- you know why I said that, Christian? Because they said delayed to 2021 they didn't say early they didn't say late you know so yeah i just don't see this coming out early next year it, it, it's a it's a huge question it's a huge question i i'm i'm kind of going to split you guys down the middle i think it's probably more like a this time of year next year i, I think it's like a june J- july game maybe but you know at that point maybe it's worth it to kind of hold on to it and make it the big fall game mm-hmm. in a year man I, that's just crazy to me that we'd have wait another year for for halo yeah we shall see Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am so hyped for this next season of Fortnite. I have my iPhone and my mm. pencil ready to go. Whichever store gets the update first, I'm updating the season. I oh. am a lifelong mobile Fortnite player. Oh, boy. And, um, oh, you know, I, got bad, I got bad news for you, Christian. I got bad, bad news. They delayed the season a little bit. I mean, they've done that before. It's no big deal. Yeah, it's more than a bit of a delay. Just, uh, just you already have it downloaded, right? <laughs> you already no, have it downloaded. It. it was getting a little big, so I deleted it. I'm going to re-download it before the season starts. Mm. So. Yeah, you should have no problems then. Uh, just tell me how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so the news here is um, uh, Epic and Apple and Google uh, Epic and Fortnite seems to have a pretty coordinated uh, response to Apple's 30% take on their app store for things like subscriptions that are sold through games and, and their general approach to how they handle their ecosystem. And kind of, I mean, I have to imagine there are some behind the behind doors discussions about this stuff, the way things unfolded. Um, but publicly what happened is Fortnite said, hey, we're reducing the cost of, of V bucks and you can buy them directly from us now for X dollars, or you can keep buying them through the Apple app store, but it's going to cost you 
X percent more, but just click here and buy them just from us. And they did that as like an in-game update without going through their traditional app store kind of review procedures. Um, that was their gauntlet. They threw it down and Apple was like, uh, you can't do that. That violates terms. And they removed the game from the app store. Fortnite then released a trailer parroting Apple's 1984 trailer. And which, a lawsuit, also a lawsuit. It, well, the trailer came first and then they filed a, a lawsuit and then Google joined Apple and also banned them from the Google Play Store. If you are on Android, you can sideload and there are still ways to to play on Android. Um, not attorney anymore, blah, 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 blah. Um, to me, I think... <laughs> I mean, aside from the biggest part of the story, the biggest part of the story is that I'm supposed to believe Epic Games is this crappy underdog, like throwing a hammer at Apple. Like these are billion dollar companies. Like neither one of them is the common person. (laughs) Like I didn't (laughs) understand that 1984 ad other than like the iconography or the, or the, the slap toward Apple. Um, but this is big, and I'm curious, uh, before I potentially ramble, Danny, I'm curious where you think this lawsuit ends and what you think it might mean for the Apple App Store and Google Play Store as we currently know them. Uh, that's a great question, man, because Apple right now, they're very, they're very strict with their App Store, right? So I know the big controversy a week a week ago was about Xbox couldn't have they, they couldn't release the iOS version of Project S Cloud through the App Store because of the same situation that that uh that that um Epic is talking about the thirty percent that they they want from from the any sales right and also I heard that they wanted to review every game that's released through the app of Game Pass. They right. want to review themselves too. And I was like, come on, that's, that's, that's too much. So I think, look, how the thing that I like about Epic, they were the ones with this game, Fortnite, they were the ones they changed the conversation with crossplay. It forced Sony to make that change because a lot of people were complaining and they finally said, you know what? Let's add it in the game for the PlayStation 4 version. And now everybody could play crossplay, even if it's mobile or not, right? So I think. This is the beginning of more companies speaking out, and I hope that Apple makes those changes because at the end of the day, we're not pushing the the, the industry forward if they're not allowing this. You know, Stadia's in the same situation, right? And NVIDIA, with their streaming service, they're having the same exact situation because of Apple. So I think I think more companies are going to speak up, man, about this, man. So this, I, personally, I think it's going to be a good thing. Now, is Apple's going to make the change right away? I don't think so. We might see that in the future, but not not right now. I don't think so. It is an interesting situation. You're right, Christian. It's hard to sort of feel like anybody is on the side of the consumer, despite how Epic seems to want to portray themselves as being on the side of the consumer, because it's like, no, we should have all of our money. They shouldn't take any of our money. But it's like, well, but. I don't, you know, none of that is helping me out. (laughs) Yes, the prices for in-app things probably are bloated because everybody's getting their share. And maybe the prices will reduce slightly if if these platform holders aren't getting their shares. But ultimately, this is about which company is getting the money, getting my money, everybody's money. 
Uh, and, you know, there's some trickle down to much smaller devs and smaller teams that will be able to do things if they aren't having to account for big shares taken by these platform platform holders. But despite all of that, it does pretty clearly seem to be a monopoly issue, right? It's if you're in control of these platforms and I want to allow my consumers to buy something on your platform in a different way, not using your platform, why should you tell me I can't do that? I think it's a pretty legitimate lawsuit. We'll see how it plays out. And you're, you know, you're the guy with the former law uh, license. Maybe you can school me here if I'm, if I'm wrong in how I read it, but it sure seems to me like a pretty reasonable position to say, yeah, no, you are selling things to the store and uh, you'll take your cut, but I want to sell things in my cart next to the store uh, that work in the same, you know, work in the same way. Why do you get to throw my things out of the store just because I'm also selling it in a cart? Um, but, you know, tell me where I'm wrong here. I mean, I, I think you're right in terms of how the public views it. I, I think, uh, and I haven't, you know, fully uh, engrossed myself in the legal complexities of this, but I, I don't think they have a monopoly or close to it. I think the fact that they're suing both Google and Apple shows that at best there's a duopoly, which already proves then there's not a monopoly. The App Store, Apple, once you get out of the United States, is far outweighed by Android. And then the diversity in Android operating systems and some that don't even support the Google Play Store, like there are other ways, plenty of other ways um, to do this. And I also, I think, I to me, and I, and I realize that it is, it's not pro-consumer the way Apple has their, their thing set up. Uh, in many respects, but also I'm kind of afraid of my phone becoming my gaming PC where I have the Epic Game Store, Steam, the App Store, uh, some other unscrupulous App Store that I didn't know. I mean, we already have that some with like apps that are maybe taking too much data, but like there's a reason I've kind of stayed in the Apple ecosystem um, and I don't sideload much, you know, when I was uh, playing with Android phones, I, I think that there is a value add to Apple selling a device that people use for kind of everything and saying, Hey, you can trust this, the things that are on it and the things that you can get on it work. And in terms of how that helps their support and, and people's use of that device, I, I think that, they are able to set the terms of what works on their device. You do not need an Apple phone to text, call, send pictures, do any of those things. So I think that to me, and I don't know if it will go here or not, to me, that's the interesting legal argument is like, what's, you have a monopoly on the app store? Oh, okay. But I don't have a, a monopoly on phones or mobile phones or smartphones it seems to me now tell me if this analogy is flawed but i'm trying to come up with a a similar type of a situation and my brain went to you know those like keurig things i know there was copy protection on keurig i'm not going to get into that but imagine you want to go to the grocery store and buy a machine that lets you make delicious cups of coffee that machine takes very specific cartridges in order to make that cup of coffee, the store, the grocery store you bought the machine from also sells those cups of coffee. But you can go to the website 
of the manufacturer of the machine and they'll sell you those little cartridges themselves. It would be like if the grocery store said, no, we're throwing your product out of our store because you're letting people buy those cartridges directly from you without going through us. And it would also be like, there's only two grocery stores and they're both saying that. I kind of think that's messed up, you know? Maybe that was a strained analogy, but... <laughs> I mean, I think you do kind of see the other side of that. How many times have I heard, uh, we cut out the middleman, we're passing on those savings direct to you, go to our <laughs> website, mm. and buy this thing. I don't think the store necessarily threw them out, per se, but I bet it would be more expensive if they were selling that item in a store for all of those reasons. And I don't well, know. What happened here is that the, uh, Apple said, you can't do that. You can't cut out the middleman. We are the middleman and we won't let you sell your thing. Like you can't put your thing in our customer's hands because you're trying to cut us out of all the extra money you're making. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to follow this. I think this will be a story that continues. And, and Danny, I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. But to me, I feel like, and this doesn't necessarily make it right, but you know what you're getting into when you sign up to put a game or an app on it on the phone on an Apple device, and you are okay with it. It 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 just I don't I'm not a a fan of this move by Epic. This coordinated kind of and I I could be wrong. I might have a different take next week, but right now it it, it just doesn't feel great to me. What the Epic's approach to all of this and how they're handling it, mm-hmm. they ha- I I do think their end goal is to get the Epic Game Store on to phones. Um, and while it necessarily wouldn't be a bad thing uh, in terms of, as I look at my computer and the, the, the stores, the, you know, the, the storefronts I have there. Um, yeah. I, I think Apple, I think legally, I think they're in the right to say, this is our phone. This is our device. Uh, we are dictating what apps are allowed on it. That's the end of the day. That's the end of the story. How do you, because your, your grocery store analogy, it's not the same thing. It, it's, you know, yeah, to me, to me, that analogy doesn't quite work. It, there are other, because then if in that analogy, there would also be like bodegas and uh, stores that sell groceries and, <laughs> you know, like all the ways you can do the same thing. Because the, the phone is such a, there are so many other ways to do all the things a phone does, but for, the bundled apps and services that Apple makes available on their devices and Google does on theirs. I don't know. It, it seems like a loser to me for Epic, but I think that they will likely uh, force some changes based on the public opinion. I think maybe part of the reason I'm a little crappy on Epic, I, I don't like the way they're incentivizing gamers to like hashtag free Fortnite kind of thing like weaponize yeah. their, their users it, it doesn't feel like a, a good or earnest play to me but i hope i hope i'm in i hope i'm wrong i mm-hmm. hope i'm wrong now, my question to you guys so fortnite is available on like xbox and playstation store right and also on nintendo is it 30 percent industry standard or is just that or just that from apple my understanding is that's from an apple that apple, apple- but I think that's that. Sony too. I think that's Xbox also. I don't. I think I don't know what their cut is off the top of my head. But I think it is around. Like if you're selling stuff through the PlayStation oh, yeah. Four, Sony's getting a cut. Thirty percent though. Thirty yeah. percent. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I think that was maybe the old way, but maybe 
maybe is lower now? I mean, we don't know. I would like to do Chat more research about 30%. that. Chat says it's 30% across the board. Oh, across the board? Okay. All right. Thanks, Chat. <laughs> huh. Interesting. It's yeah. a big story, and it's not going away, uh, especially the way, you know. It, yeah, I don't know. It's. it's I mean, this is away. this is how Epic uh, attempted to set their, their PC storefront apart, too, is to change that fee and reduce it to entice developers to come over and actually make more money. You know, if, if we take less of your money, you will make more of it. And I think that's one of the tactics they used with the Epic game store. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is developing. It's interesting to see how it is all going to play out. Um, before we get to my story of the week, I want to thank our first sponsor, which is native. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I believe that uh, labels are important to read. I do. I've gotten more and more as I've, I've gotten older. I've realized that the stuff that is in stuff is important. And even for my deodorant, uh, native is a deodorant that doesn't just make you smell good and smell good in really fascinating ways. They have some really interesting scents, some... Uh, some odors that I love and that aren't the usual kind of thing, but also they have ingredients that you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. That stuff actually makes a difference, you know, but I also love the fact that they have these really cool scents like coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, citrus and herbal, uh, my favorite is the uh, cucumber and mint, which I would never have guessed if I was just in the store browsing, looking at, uh, at, at scents. I don't know if I would have gravitated to cucumber and mint because it seems sort of, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know. I, it just didn't seem like something that would smell good on my body, but my goodness does it. Wow. I really like it. My wife is a fan of how I smell when I use my native deodorant and you can be a native user as well. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping from within the United States, plus 30 days free returns and exchanges. So you can see why so many people love Native and why they have over 14,000 five-star reviews. Uh, This is, because you listen to our show, we're going to give you a special offer. Do what I did. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash DLC. Or use promo code DLC at checkout. Get 20% off your first order. That's native DO, like the first part of deodorant, N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O dot com. And promo code DLC at checkout for 20% off your first order. All right. Um, clearly, we talked about the two biggest stories of the week already. And those are massive stories. but. Uh, I'm also tantalized by this little tidbit. Looks like there has been a bit of a leak from a uh, a storefront online that listed a new Switch game called Skyward Sword. That's right. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword is now being listed as a Switch game coming out this year. We haven't heard an official announcement, but of course... We've heard as far back as 2018 that uh, the senior director of the Legend of Zelda franchise was teasing Skyward Sword uh, on Switch. Sounds like a lot of the 
Zelda games are coming to Switch or have, you know, are being ported. We already have uh, old games being um, being ported and older game, even older games being completely remade. Skyward Sword, of course, was the Wii version of Zelda. I really loved Skyward Sword. I thought it was great, but it did have a lot of the waggle controls, a lot of the, the motion control movement, which, of course, would not translate to a Switch. So they'd have to do some, some changes. Wanted to ask you, Danny, if A, would you be excited about a Skyward Sword as a fall 2020 Switch game? And B, how much different would you hope it is? Would you want to see a full sort of remake, uh, remaster, or just a, a port that changes some of the controls? I, I'm going to keep it real here. When that came out for the Wii, I stopped playing because I just didn't like the whole motion control at all. And I, I yeah. and a game looked amazing at that time when it came out for the Wii. So I hope that it's more of traditional controls and also uh, remastered. Having, you know, the graphics look a lot better. And you know what's crazy? That every time there's a port for the Nintendo Switch, it sells like crazy, no matter what. Yeah. It, it feels like the Switch community is so hungry with, with when it comes to content. doesn't matter if it's old or new. People will buy that right away, day one. So that's what yeah, I think. I think that I saw something like uh, six Switch games in the NPD top 10, which is just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, everybody's, you know, mm-hmm. hunkering down with Switch games for, for quarantine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Christian, I, you know, I remember, uh, obviously, there was the, you know, waggle the Wiimote to swing your sword and stuff like that. But there was also all these wonderful little moments. There was a, a remote control little thing that you would fly around and take control of, and you had to do it with the accelerometer there was a lot of Wiimote integration in that game. It really was trying to show off all these wacky ideas that Miyamoto had for the Wiimote. Um, any of that worth salvaging? I mean, there's still, I get, there's still an accelerometer in the Switch, isn't there? I think there is. Uh, is any of that still salvaging or, or worth salvaging or throw it all out and just make it traditional? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you have not the light, you could take the Joy-Con off. Um, and if oh, yeah, that's true. Left-handed, uh, play it traditionally <laughs> to some extent. Um, I, I would like to see them do a reimagining and kind of take all of the the waggle out of the game. Um, I think that's kind of the best best path forward for people that might want to experience this either on their Switch Lite or with a Pro Controller. I think there are a lot of people that while the Wii was certainly a huge seller and the game sold well, I agree with Danny. I think there are a lot of people, you know, that will jump on it now and play it. And it's again, we talked about Halo being 20 years ago, you know, as we we're all a bunch of olds, the game's old. There are a generation yeah. of gamers that haven't played it. And I think it, to me, lost its thread a little too much if I'm remembering correctly with kind of like the backtracking that happened that I felt was yeah, there was a lot of that laborious, even for a Zelda game. But I, I thought it did a lot right. It was really cool also. So in my ideal world, it's not a full um, Link's Awakening style, you know, reimagining that they did. But it is something a little more than take your Joy-Con off and play it like you used to. I hope it kind of yeah. is medium and they upgrade those controls a little bit. It's funny. I didn't even really even think about that. It totally could have a control style that is similar to the Wii with the, with the Joy-Con. And boy, I don't think that would be good. But um, it, that is a game I defended a lot. I, I thought Skyward Sword was awesome. I loved the 
art direction and, you know, playing in those, those islands above the clouds and flying on that, whatever creature, whatever the creature was called that you fly around on in that game. It, so many really cool moments. I loved that game. But yeah, you're right. The, the second half to, you know, last third was a lot of uh, tedium, but uh, still a very good game. Anyway, I'm hopeful that it comes out on Switch. I think that'd be a cool thing. It sounds like we're not really getting a big marquee original title from Nintendo at the in the holiday of 2020. Or at least I can't think of one unless we've, no. we've heard about it. Well, the rumor I mean, is the go. what was the rumor? The 35th anniversary of Mario. That's supposedly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah remasters of Mario well, stuff. They've been yeah. teasing it. They've been teasing. I don't know. Nintendo's been posting Mario Sunshine pictures for the past. Hmm. few times now this year so i don't know why they're doing that <laughs> so i think christian and i've been wanting a galaxy and galaxy 2 Ooh, on switch yeah that, those, know, those, be rad. those are gems right there gems. yeah great games yeah all right well that's gonna do it for our stories of the week let's jump in and start talking about the games that we have been playing in the playlist Ooh, All right, Danny, what has captured your attention this week? What's on your playlist? Well, I'm not allowed to say my impressions, but I've been playing Battletoads. That's that's oh. yeah, yeah, so more on that later this week. So okay. I, I've, been waiting good for, tease, I've, good I've been waiting for that game for a very long time. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing that. Uh, I, I'm also I'm back playing Streets of Rage 4. So I have that game for the switch and also for xbox so i completed 100 percent for the switch so now i want to do the same thing but now i want to unlock achievements <laughs> with this version so all right yeah. you're committed yeah i'm very committed and that of course i just love the soundtrack so it's it's, it's truly amazing and i just re-downloaded uh final fantasy 7 for because it just came out for game pass so i've been playing that oh yeah that not the remake, but not the, the remaster. remaster the, that, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've been playing that. Sort of PC version that they did several years ago now. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that, those are the three games. Recently, I've been playing a lot. Oh, and also, nonstop, Finding Star Online, too. Uh, I'm a huge Finding Star uh, fan since the original Dreamcast days. So, And I'm excited oh, nice. for a new Genesis coming down next year. Technically, that game's supposed to be Fantasy Star Online 3, but Sega Japan, they want to keep it as 2 because they have a huge, huge uh, community on that game in Japan. And that's how they're making the most money from that. So they keep in the same name, but just added new Genesis in there. So, yeah. but It's crazy that people are still playing Fantasy Star, man. I, I remember playing that game in however many decades ago it was now. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's dig in a little bit on uh on the other stuff that you were you were talking about mm-hmm. you're playing the final fantasy 7 version that's free on game pass mm-hmm. is there a reason that you went there instead of going remake is it just you know because you already have game pass and it's there or mm-hmm. is, did you want a more authentic experience of playing the old game did you play final fantasy 7 originally is this the first experience with it no no it's not my first time i played this when it came out for the original playstation but i mm-hmm. i i, I haven't played remake yet and there's a long <laughs> reason why i haven't but i'm waiting for the playstation 5 to come out because i i left my wow. I, I left my playstation 4 back in miami because i moved here in new york and uh and yeah i'll play once the ps5 comes out 
in the future. So, but the thing is, I I want to play this game, and I just want to unlock achievements for the first time. But I I play that game so <laughs> many times. Yeah, yeah. I just monster like, about the achievements. I mean, I some, some games I care about the achievements, and some I just don't really care much about it. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I kind of um, I've been spending a lot of time on Game Pass lately, and I interpreted that as, as feeling a little weird them trying to sort of um, draft behind the release of remake and it'd be like we we got it on game pass it's like just getting clicks of people thinking it's that game yeah yeah <laughs> you know a little bit yeah but it sort of felt like oh that's kind of weird but uh i guess you know it's valuable for people who actually want the authentic experience of what that game was it's a, it yeah. might be a good comparison point for you yeah you, you know what it is jeff to remind you th- yeah. think of it like this like i have i have a, a lot of subscription services you know shutter uh netflix amazon prime sometimes i go back and i watch old movies it's not new to me i, I seen it so right, many times right, but right. so think of it as like that like i do the same exact thing for the service like it's available there i'm gonna play it and and j- it's just gonna bring back a lot of memories you know like i have doom 64 you know i i even missed out playing final fantasy 9 when it came out for the original playstation and the reason why i totally skipped that because during that time that's when playstation 2 came out you know Dreamcast was available so i completely yeah. dissed that game <laughs> like i i missed it right <laughs> so it was available on game pass and i played it a couple months ago for the first time and i enjoyed it you know so i think a service like this even playstation now when they start adding games that a whole generation never even played that game or maybe people like us that we just maybe didn't have the time when it came out this is an opportunity for us to to play this game for the first time, man. You know, so I think it's cool, yeah. man. It's awesome. Totally. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering what your specific uh, way in was. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and Fantasy Star Online, uh, do you have like a, a, a crew that you run that game with? Or is it just one that scratches nostalgia for you and you're still hooked on that universe? No, actually, uh, it's with my brother. So for those that don't know... I started internet radio in 2001 because of the original Dreamcast game, Fantasy Star Online. So I did, wow. I did a little radio show at that time, uh, strictly about that game. And that's the, that, that game completely changed my life, man. So when I heard that Fantasy Star Online 2 was coming out, it was only available in Japan. I got super excited. I was at, uh, at E3 sitting down with my crew and, uh, and I, and they show the trailer. I'm like, wait a minute! I know that music. Hold on, I know this character. I know, I know this. This is this is Fanny Star Online, man. Like, I I got super excited. I was the only one screaming from that crowd. Everybody looking at me like, <laughs> what, what what's going on over here? But yeah, so I have a long history in that game, and I'm always playing with my brother. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we have long history in that game, man. So that's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Christian Spicer, I know your playlist has a lot of interesting stuff. Let's start with the uh, the Avengers beta, because you and I both have played uh, that. It was free this weekend on PlayStation. Is that is that how you were playing it? I played it on PC, so I'm curious Ooh. what your PlayStation experience was like. Yeah, because you, you had pre-ordered it on PC, or what was the situation there? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I was going to pre-order it in order to get into the beta, but then I saw that it was free on the PlayStation. You know, if you have a PlayStation Plus uh, subscription, I was like, well, why commit? <laughs> Maybe I'll want Spider-Man after all. Um, so I, I hopped on, uh, downloaded it on the PlayStation and, and gave it a whirl. What was your impressions of Avengers? So I, I didn't do a lot of War Table stuff. Um, so this is mostly my time 
you know, focusing on what I'm going to want to focus on when I play the game, like kind of the single player that they present to you, the, the story narrative stuff. And I think for me, I, I kind of sum it up as I think this game will be a lot like Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I will really enjoy it. It won't be something that the generation, this console generation is remembered for, but it will be a good, fun game that has quirks and problems. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that was fun. I had a good time with that. Uh, yes, there were And like a good, points. fun romp through an IP that you love. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I think the the characters control really well. You know, I, well, one, I should say... Uh, Finish the positives or get some of the negatives. The the PC uh, beta was not super optimized. There were times where it was cranking away and I was like, this is incredible. Look at all these frames. And then there were times of like stuttering, sound drops. Um, mm. I had one crash, but I read of several. Um, like my computer, I have a 2070 Super, so not the top of the line, but a pretty beefy PC. I felt like, you know, my computer was it broke its form, but it still managed to deadlift the weight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, 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 it hurt its back, but it got it up. Um, <laughs> that's going to have lifelong problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to have a yeah. cr- chronic issue, but uh, <laughs> you yeah. did it. That's how it, that's how it felt. Um, and I'll, I'll echo some of the things that Anthony said last week. I thought it looked, it looks good in motion, um, but it feels a little generic to me. And like, uh, I, and again, I maybe I think the way Fallen Order, it's like, yeah, this is cool, but like, not. I wasn't like blown away by any of the set pieces I saw, and I'm sure they're holding some of that back. But it's just I'm going to like it a lot, but I was not wowed by any part of my experience. And I think the weirdest part is when you get into kind of that war table and that loot grind stuff, because it does just seem odd that they tried to apply i'm going to say destiny but there are several games that do it but that destiny approach to gear and it's like here's hulk's bicep you're putting this gauntlet on and now his bicep is 20 more percent seppy and it's like (laughs) why zoom in and show me his bicep when there's not a it's weird it's really they really try to go for that you know assassin's creed or destiny style changing my loadout as i see things but it is just a number. I don't. I don't understand. Why, like this is my my spine is stronger now. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. They 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 seem to want you to have have to load out specific to a mission. Like, oh, this is a cold tundra. So you load up on your cold gear, and then this is a different area. So they'll. I find that interesting in the sense that. It's not just do what is the maximum at any given time. It's not just, you know, your best stuff and put it on and forget about it. There is is some management to that, which I think is a layer of strategy that is welcome in these kinds of games from my perspective. But I agree with you that it is weird to zoom in on a bracelet for Kamala Khan's arm. And then you don't see a bracelet there. She's just holding up her arm where a bracelet might be. And you're selecting which cool bracelet you're on, you have, but you see no visual representation of that. And yet we're zooming in. I do think that it, I agree with you that that's weird. Yeah, I, I, I wish that this game was just a single player Avengers game still. Um, and I'm sure I'll probably get a little bit more time out of it from 
some of the multiplayer, you know, war table stuff, grinding for gear, but it, it seems like not the right fit to me. And I'm, of course, you know, reserve judgment until the whole thing comes out. Uh, what is it on the fourth? But it, it doesn't feel like the game fits the style of game they're trying to to make it. And I, I think because of that, the entire game is going to suffer a little bit. And that and that bums me out because what's there, parts of what's there are are really, really fun. They're really good. Um, I think the other thing for me that holds it back, though, is that it does feel more like I think I compared it to Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 last week, and it does feel closer to that for me in terms of the combat than something even like Ghost of Tsushima or um, the Arkham games. It doesn't feel oh, yeah. Not even close. As, as, as tight. And I think when push comes to shove, the reason I keep going back to Destiny as someone who isn't you know obsessed with needing all of the gear and all of the loot is that Destiny, in my opinion, is one of the best feeling first-person shooters and I'm afraid that Avengers will not be one of the best feeling third person action games. Well, it's interesting that they're trying to do the Destiny thing as a melee game. I think that's an interesting challenge. Um, and it's interesting how they're approaching that, right? It's it is fascinating to me. I, I agree with you that the combat is a is a bit button mashy and and there was a part of me when I was playing as Hulk going, I guess this character should be button mashy. But I wish all the characters played more differently from one another. And yeah, you only get a taste of a few characters here and there in the, in the beta, or at least what I played of the beta. Um, but everybody sort of has the same, it's almost like they're skinning the, the different things that everybody can do. And the skinning is great. You know, right. Captain America's thing works a lot different than Iron Man's thing works a lot different than the Hulk's thing in, in style. But in as far as application, it's basically the same tool set, regardless of characters. And I wish that wasn't the case. I think it would be much cooler if they played wildly different from one another. And it really did feel like a different class, you know, more like something from WoW. when you're like, I'm, I'm playing as a healer now or I'm playing as a, you know, as a melee DPS or, I'm, you know, it's it's wildly different approaches, even though the mechanics are all based around the same uh, tool set. Anyway, yeah, I, I, think, I agree. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think we might see some of that as it opens up more. But for me, again, I think I will really like this game and I will immensely enjoy playing it. I don't anticipate it being on my five favorites of the year. The other thing that I think this beta showed me was my concern of like very generic enemies. And yeah, and I fall in order also had that. But maybe it's just me. But there's always something satisfying of slicing a stormtrooper with a light. Right. There's nothing generic oh. about a stormtrooper, though. That's you know, like that's the right. iconic enemy. So yeah. Yes, exactly. And here it's like I'm a robot, and like Hulk smashes through buildings, but I have to smash this robot five times. Right. And then like I'm an aim guy in a purple suit, which I guess is kind of cool because it's kind of comic booky, but it doesn't quite fit this world. It just it doesn't quite. All of the pieces don't add up, in my opinion. Yeah, I was more impressed with it than I thought I would be, especially visually. Uh, on my PlayStation 4 Pro, I thought it played very, very well. It looked great. In fact, in fact that opening set piece where you play as all the different people on the Golden Gate Bridge, all the different, you know, sort of uh, core Avengers on the Golden Gate Bridge uh, during this crazy attack. Like, if we hadn't seen a bunch of, you know, run-throughs of that in press events... 
I would have been really blown away by that. It's a really cool sequence full of awesome QTEs and really dynamic fights and visuals and like leaping off of the sides of buildings as they're blowing up and stuff. I thought that whole sequence was really cool. And I hope there's lots more of that kind of thing in the game. Um, and I had fun like you, I had fun in the combat, taking down tons of enemies at once. Um, I had fun swinging around as Kamala Khan uh, and, and, you know, using her long, her, her embiggen, I guess is what it's called, uh, super move and getting giant and swinging around. And it, 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 it was fun. It's a fun game. Uh, is it going to have that long lifespan? I like you, uh, have some doubts, but I, I'm much more optimistic about this game than I had been before I actually got my own hands on it. And, uh, and that's exciting. I hope it, I'm rooting for it. I want it to be great. So we'll see. I have uh, one more thing I want to mention about that. Um, sure. I, I think the whole controversy about Spider-Man, I think by the time that DLC comes out next year, nobody's going to be talking about it, man. Everybody's going to move on. There's going to be so many other games. <laughs> People are going to be playing Cyberpunk. And, and that's the thing that I'm worried about that game. Like Like you guys were saying is I just don't see people playing this for a very long time. Maybe short term, yeah. But once all these games and next-gen console comes out, that's it. People are going to move on, man. <laughs> that's what I think. You may be right. Yeah. We we shall see. I, I hope it is at least worth uh, playing through the the story stuff and, and having some fun with friends. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for it. Yeah. I'm rooting for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, what else is on your playlist? Well, I also got to play my new game of the year. Like Last of Us Part Two, it's good. I, I liked it. I guess you know it's like fine. Uh, yeah, I guess it was all right. Um, my goodness, I loved Last of Us. So I'm joking. But this Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, mm. holy crap! The warehouse demo came out uh, again. I have it uh, pre-ordered on PC, and man, it brought me back. It f- feels so good. It doesn't feel exact i think but it it feels right if that makes sense like i normally have Mm. my xbox elite controller plugged into my pc Mm -hmm. and i had to change and use my playstation controller because i was like i am (laughs) you also had to to cut his hair different and (laughs) wear a tank top and uh (laughs) The, the muscle memory was just a little off on my xbox controller for whatever reason and so i got the playstation the dualshock running it felt awesome. There's stuff that's missing from the demo um, that I'm hoping is in the full game. I trusted it will be like collecting the skate letters and things like oh, that. Oh, man. It's God, really I put just- so many hours into Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. So yes. many hours into that game. Ugh. Yes, it is. It is beautiful. Again, I'm playing on PC. I was rocking at 144 frames a second, like <laughs> silky, silky smooth. Um, it has a lot of the old songs and then some new songs as well. And that just that warehouse demo brought me back to playing it on what was it my PlayStation Magazine demo disc of kind of this yeah, right. where it's like wow. memory this is this is enough right like it doesn't it's not quite it's Mario Galaxy two to Mario Galaxy like I've already had enough Tony Hawk that I'm not like this changes how games how, what I think about video games but with the disaster that was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater five in the disaster that was the remake of whatever it was called, Tony, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD on Xbox 360 PS3. This thing feels so good. And what you can do in this demo, and I'm assuming the full game, is that you could play with 
updated moveset. So it has revert, and I don't know if manual was originally in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. I don't think so. I think manual came to 2. But Or if you want, you can play with just the moves that were in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 or just the moves that were in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 if you want to have that like authentic experience. Um, and then there's really fun things like when you bail, the music kind of just turns down a little bit and your character kind of glitches almost like you know, it's a CG or a computer hologram kind of thing. It like puts you back on your board and you're, and you're ripping again. It looks great. You're playing as old man, Tony in the demo, which I love that you're playing. That's as old cool. man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it really seems like they, they went through and, and, um, and did this, did this the right way. And I'm super, super excited about it. If How can they on, not have the collecting SKATE though? That's like, that demo. was such I, a, I think, I think it's just the demo. It had, I will eat my shoe. Not really. I'll I'll eat delicious food. It has to be in the full game. I just don't think it was in this. The warehouse demo is just two minutes. Go high score. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, hey, before you move on, uh, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is Quip. Oh, my goodness. Has your morning or evening routine changed recently? Or are you in the same doldrums every single day? Uh, how has that impacted your oral care? Do you, do you remember to do the things you're supposed to do? Do you remember to brush for two minutes as is dentist recommended? I almost never did before I got my quip. Now I never don't brush for two minutes. Why? Because my quip handles it for me. It takes all of the mental load of brushing my teeth, which let's be honest, was not insignificant. You gotta, you gotta actually think about it and go, how, how, you can't let your mind wander. Now I do. I let my mind wander because my quip handles it. I used to have to worry about, oh, uh, do I need to replace my brush? It's been two weeks. I haven't thought about it. Uh, three months. It's been two, uh, it's week after week after week. I go, ah, I gotta replace this brush head. Oh, I'm almost out of toothpaste. Why burden yourself with those kinds of thoughts? Why not have good health and good habits and let Quip make it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need from brush to floss to you every three months as is dentist recommended. Why not let the toothbrush itself, the Quip, keep track of two minutes, pulse every 30 seconds letting you know, and then turn itself off after two minutes. It's so much easier. It lets you not have to stress. It lets you do the best thing for your teeth, for your oral hygiene, for your oral care. And you get this uh, this cool subscription for just five bucks each every three months. A friendly reminder shows up in your mailbox to replace your brush head, get yourself some new toothpaste, replace that battery. It's all in one simple to use package. I love it. I love that that I'm on this. We have three quips in my house right now. And you can be like me. You can join over the 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at just 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip.com slash DLC right now, you get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash DLC. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash DLC. Quip, the good habits company. All right, Christian, what else is on your playlist? Uh, I will mention this, uh, briefly cause it's short, but my daughter beat Pokemon sword. She wrote wow. it. Um, I helped her with the puzzle in the water gym and that was it and everything else she did on her own. So, you yeah, know, nice. Pretty, pretty done. 
Yeah. First game she rolled credits on. Um, Then the other thing that I did, I texted you this. I am stupid about cloud gaming the way you are stupid about VR. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, I guess I resemble that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Spend too much time. I'm with you. I'm with you, Christian. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The guy who played uh, more hours of Witcher on Switch, I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm not surprised. So I uh, I I bought a used Pixel Two, and it is now my X Cloud and Stadia. I I also got the um, take that the, Apple. I'll yeah, keep yeah. buying and using your products, but I will also buy your competition so I can do the thing <laughs> you want to let me do. <sighs> uh, I got I think it's the Power A like clip that kind of got announced when Xbox announced the um, official rollout of X Cloud to clip onto an Xbox One controller. Flips real nice, real nice. Fits the phone real well. Um, and so I'm still running games on the demo. Uh, they up, I think they added more games to that, like unofficially kind of started before the September, what is it, 15th release of xCloud generally. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And this is my first time really playing with it since the very limited uh, xCloud preview uh, when I was using a, a work uh, Android device for it to do most of my toying around. I really like it. I it, I mean, I know it's dumb as I spent most of my time. <laughs> I spent most of my time playing Gears 5, sitting mere feet away from where I could be playing it on my PC. <laughs> but I'm, I'm still impressed by the tech. It is a bummer, as I know I talked about Apple and Epic already, uh, that this isn't coming to more devices. And it's certainly... I'm not going to lie. And Danny, I'm curious to get your take. I mean, to me, it is, it is not the best way to play a game. Like I noticed stutters. I tried Ori and, and Ori was certainly playable, but mm-hmm. definitely not ideal. The game I ended up having the most fun with was Gears 5, the campaign stuff. Um, Cause the weight of that game and I'm, you don't need to be, or I'm not that precise. It's just unloading everything into every enemy and then <laughs> reloading and chainsawing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, it is, very cool just this idea of and i think as danny mentioned when we were talking about halo being delayed that if you have an android device now and a pixel 2 is not a new phone all it's just whatever it is what 15 bucks a month for ultimate for for ultimate for ultimate for what 100 games that are available on your phone it's and to me i think that is what is going to keep microsoft working on um optimizing their cloud gaming experience because your game is only as good as the way people can play it. And if a lot of people end up coming into the Xbox ecosystem through an ultimate subscription to play on their phone and Halo Infinite doesn't run well, then the game doesn't run well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think because they're making that available to so many people at such a low price, in my opinion, um, I, I think it shows the importance of it. So I, you know, again, I'm stupid and I spend too much money on it, but I had to get in and be able to play this more and more regularly. And I'm, I'm still really blown away by it and what, and what they're doing and how they're offering it. Yeah. So yeah. frustrated that this isn't available on, on my iPad. That's so frustrating, but go ahead. Sorry, Danny. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, right before New York city got shut down because of COVID, <laughs> I, I had to go to Orlando because I was part of uh, of a uh, podcast conference or whatever, right? So I was waiting for my flight at the airport, LaGuardia Airport, and I was there for like maybe two hours or so. 
and Chris, I was playing Gears the whole time. I was playing Escape multiplayer online. I was doing that. I did a couple death uh, death match online too, and I, I was just switching, just trying out different games, and for two hours while I was waiting for my flight. You know, I wish I could continue playing during my flight. You know, like when I do with my Nintendo Switch, but. I had a great experience, you know, and and the thing that you could do to I know you I don't know if you ever had this opportunity. You could also switch from cloud and also stream it from your home console. You could do that. So there was a time that I was playing a lot of Fanny Star Online like that, just playing through from my uh, console through my mobile device, you know. So and there is an option where let's say you could create a party. You want to play with friends. I, I've done this with my brother. We we chat online. I'm using my mobile device, and he's on his console, and we talk. You know, so I think it's a uh, it's pretty cool that everybody has an option to do that. And like you said, it's very cheap. So if you have Ultimate, you get that that streaming service totally for free, just by being part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So I think this is pretty cool, and I think it's gonna get better, man. With more content, they're gonna be adding, and and I hope, I hope ios in the future and jeff that's the opportunity for you to play it man once that happens so yeah well i, I it doesn't seem very um i'm not very optimistic about the ios integration it sounds like it there's an impasse and i hope i hope they figure out a way to get past that mm-hmm. because i think it would be wonderful to be able to play all those cool games on my ipad i'm i'm deep in the apple device ecosystem i don't have any mm-hmm any MacBooks or any, any computers, any home computers that are Apple, but I am all about their devices. You know, I've got the watch and the phone and the iPad and I would love for that to be possible with all, I I don't want to start over. I know it is weird. I have, I'm just in too deep, right? All my apps are purchased in the iOS app store and it just, it just, it's depressing to me. I mean, I could go the Christian route and just get that dedicated streaming device uh, maybe I'll find like a cheap Android tablet or something to do that Ooh, with. Tablet sideload a, you can sideload a fire. Like technically it doesn't support it, but you can sideload a fire. Yeah. Let's play like garbage on a fire though. But it's, it's just the internet. That's the thing. That's I know, but, it, but, but the, really the, well. the screen on the fire is pretty bad. It, it is it's pretty not, bad. <laughs> that is true. It's no, it's no retina display. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. My question for the audience and maybe Danny for you too, that I, I, it seems to me that every time I go to play, I have to resync my Xbox controller. Like it doesn't remember it. Like I turn on the controller and it's like, I'm, I'm not connected to anything. And I'm like, I was just using you. And that's a little annoying. I, I mean, it's really very much a problem. I, I think, yeah, okay. So, so if you connected for the first time and uh, like I went to, I was playing in, over there, like LaGuardia Airport, and I land in Orlando, start using it again at the hotel, it synced right away. It, it never disconnected. Now, if you stop the controller and then you sync it to the console, then, yeah, you have to resync it again because it's still connected yeah, no, to, the, to, the, to the console. Yeah, it's a dedicated – I mean, right now, it's been – you know, I use my Elite for everything else, and this is my dedicated mm-hmm. streaming controller, and I you know turn off the controller – 
uh, when I'm done. And then when I turned it back on each time, it like didn't automatically pick up the, uh, the pixel, but I'll keep toying with it. Or if the internet has a, maybe it's something on the pixel side of things, but that's been my only gripe of like, I kind of want to just pick up and play. And this takes half a second. And I'm like too long. <laughs> Have you tried the PS4 controller? Uh, that's a Bluetooth controller. You could try that too. No, because I bought a clip for my Xbox controller. Oh, stop. Sorry. sorry. Hey, 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 I'm just trying to help you out, man. <laughs> just trying to help you out. Yeah. Uh, so is that uh, that's that's all the stuff that you've been playing on your playlist there, Christian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, for all intents and purposes. And more Ghost of Tsushima, which I love that game. So I thought it was close to the end. And it was just it was just like a chapter. <laughs> I've been distracted. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is a big moment. This mission is going to be awesome. And it was like chapter two. And I'm like, you kidding me? Okay. I should have known there was fine. Here we go. But I keep telling myself no more side missions, refocus. And then I'm going to my next thing. And it's like, man, I'm like, well, I'm not, not going to help you. I love that game. My playlist has been a lot of Xbox Game Pass lately. I've been, uh, I've been loving the, the little games that show up on Xbox Game Pass and I've been giving them a shot. And there's two that have caught my attention uh, quite a bit lately. Uh, one is called Undermine, which just hit Xbox Game Pass recently. And is, you know, I, I've become the guy who loves roguelites. Um, and uh, Undermine is that. It is, excuse me, it is a charming sort of Zelda-esque roguelite uh, where you're wandering around a little, uh, you're, you're delving into dungeons, but it's got that, kind of uh, Zelda-esque uh, perspective, the old um, original Legend of Zelda perspective, and you can slash at things and do ranged attacks, and you're dodging bad guys and trying to manage your health and get cool items and save up enough gold to uh, get cooler items. One of the fun things in the game is there's you, you mine gold. You're a miner. You're going into mines, and you're mining gold, and when you knock, uh, you have your little pickaxe, and when you smack a an ore uh, node, the gold pops off and there's like little creatures that come and try to steal it from you. That's kind of fun, at least in the early part. Um, cute is what I mean to say. Uh, this one did not get its hooks into me the way that some other roguelites have recently. I, I've been on a real kick of loving roguelites. For whatever reason, the combat in this one, I'm finding more on the frustrating side. It's just, I think this, I don't know. I mean, Children of Morta is very similarly structured co- combat-wise. For whatever reason, this game just... Um, I recognize it as being good and I think worthy of mention and recommendation on the show, but it isn't one of those ones that I'm getting... forming a compulsion around like I have with a lot of these types of games. But uh, if you have Xbox Game Pass, I recommend giving it a shot. Undermine, it is what it's called. I love the visual style. I think it's got a, a fun sense of humor and uh, the enemies are uh, interesting and varied and it's, it's, it's got a lot of personality, got a lot of personality, undermine. Uh, the other game that I've been playing on Xbox Game Pass that actually uh, I, I like even more is called Tourist. You guys heard of this game? It's not new. It's good. It's been around. It's a good game. Yeah, it's, a, it's spelled Tourist, but has a Y instead of an I. And it's got, uh, I love the look of this game. It's got that tilt shifted, you know, extreme depth of field look that makes things look like little, uh, like little diorama worlds. You know, I love that look, but it's also got a, a, almost a Minecraftian blockiness to it. Everything is built out of little blocks, but not, 
Minecraft, not Lego. It's got its own look, but it's a, this blocky, tilt-shifted world. So I'm already sort of digging just being in it. And the idea is that you're this tourist who heads to a tropical island for a for a vacation, and you find out that there are mysteries on this island, mysteries of these shrines and and things hidden, and you can collect gold pieces and buy stuff. But it is very much a puzzle game, very much an exploration game, very little combat at all or violence of, of any kind. You're doing things like, uh, you know, helping people have a better party on the beach, you know, finding fruit for smoothies, uh, delving into these ancient ruins and solving little puzzles, jumping puzzles or little mind puzzles or what, how do I manipulate a thing to get out of a room? Uh, I dig it. I dig it. It is, uh, it is a slower paced game. Your little character doesn't move very quickly. And I find it very meditative. I find it very soothing to be in this lovely little world. It's bright and vibrant. I mean, it's all sunsets and, and uh, beautiful tropical islands when you're outdoors. The visuals are actually quite, quite good. Uh, they layer on this very realistic sunset and stuff like that on top of this blocky, abstracted world. And uh, I'm really digging it. I know it's been out on Switch a while and on PC a while, but it just hit Xbox Game Pass. So uh, if you haven't played Tourist, I would recommend it. I find it very, very soothing, very fun. Uh, easy, just sort of an easy, breezy game. You know, it's it's not testing my... It, the, the puzzles are all kind of tame and relatively simplistic. Uh, there's been a few times where I've sat there and gone, what does it want me to do? But I dig that, and uh, I think the game does what it does very well. It's very charming. Um, tourist, I recommend it. Danny, you said you were familiar with that game? Yeah, I, I played it uh, when it first launched, and then I stopped and I started playing. You know how it is when there's like multiple games that, <laughs> that comes out. Oh, yeah. So I'm like trying everything out, and, and I haven't played it since. So I gotta, yeah, I gotta play this, man. It looks, it looks good. It looks really, really good. It's great. It's, you know, it's not gonna set the world on fire, no. but it's a lovely little mm-hmm. fun distraction game, and and I, I find the game world to be delightful, and it's it's kind of what my brain needs sometimes. Just go into a, mm-hmm. a, an escape from all of the chaos of the world and and play a game that's a little soothing. Yeah. I'm excited because this month there's going to be a lot, a couple of new games that's coming up for Game Pass. So there's Battletoads, Flight Simulator, which that one is coming out very yeah. soon. Um, there's another one called Tell Me Why and yeah. Wasteland 3 is also coming out. Oh, I'm so excited for Wasteland 3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's all Game Pass, man. So it's like, wow. And then... uh was it last month? There was another game that came out to um, a grounded. That was another one too that came out recently. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's good. I, look, it's a good time to be a subscriber. That's, that's what I know. Really cool. I agree. You know, and and we got a, a few weeks ago. We got an email from Rich in New York who sent an email to dlcfeedback at gmail dot com because uh, I we have gone on at length on the show about how great Game Pass is, what a great deal it is, and a lot of people have mentioned that hey, you know. PlayStation now also exists. And uh, Rich from New York sent this email. I said, for a while now, Jeff has said that there's no competition to Game Pass. So this week, I would like to respectfully disagree and uh, talk about PlayStation now. I feel like there's a large misconception that PlayStation now is very expensive and is streaming only. Both have been untrue for some time. As you can download over 300 games to your console like you do with Game Pass and only cost $60 a year. 
At $5 a month, you can currently download and play Control, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, XCOM 2, Rainbow Six Siege, Wolfenstein, New Colossus, Tekken 7, Metro Exodus, Dishonored 2, Doom, Bloodborne, Metal Gear Solid 5, and many more. I may not, it may not have day one exclusives like Game Pass, and games leave the service too fast, like Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, and God of War have come and gone. But as someone who has subscribed to both services, I have honestly spent roughly an equal amount of time between the two as both are inexpensive with many great AAA games. Thank you for that perspective, Rich. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And I totally agree that we give a short shrift to PlayStation Now and don't mention it in the same breath. I do think the differentiator with Game Pass is that it does feel like the Netflix of games because of the new stuff that hits it day and date. The day and date difference, you know, like on Netflix, there's a big brand new movie that is a Netflix exclusive that that feels like a big deal movie and it's on Netflix. You know, I kind of feel like that's the Game Pass difference is when something like a Wasteland 3 comes out or Grounded or or a Gears of War 5 or whatever it is that hits the service the same day or Halo Infinite for that matter, whenever that happens. Uh, that is a major differentiator. And I do think that puts it in a class by itself for me. But I also recognize that PlayStation Now is a good deal and has a lot of excellent games on it. So I don't want to constantly overlook it, although I don't think it's the same exact kind of service. But, but, I don't know if you guys have anything. Yeah, to- I, I think right now it, we might feel like that. But I, I think later in the future, I could see PlayStation Now changing and, and start adding their first party titles day one. I can see that happening. I can see that happening in the future. Look, if it's if Microsoft is making like, let's say in the future, it's making a lot of money, I'm telling you right now, Sony's gonna do the same thing. Same exact thing. And here's why. Yeah. If you take it back when PlayStation Plus came out, they were the ones that forced Microsoft to change and added Xbox Live Gold, and now every month there's two free games. It was PlayStation that made right. that move. So it is possible that if Microsoft making a lot of money because of Game Pass, they're going to do the same exact thing. And I hope to God that Nintendo has a similar service like this for their for their console too. That will be amazing. Imagine decades of content from Nintendo. That will be amazing too. So yeah. Uh, Rich, much respect, man. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christian, did you have anything else you wanted to add there? Yeah, I mean, I have talked about it several times over the years of the show. I was a subscriber when it first launched for a while, um, when it was just streaming only, and then dipped back in um, when they added downloadable PS4 games. I believe Control is available right now. Um, if you only have a PlayStation, I think it is worth looking into. Um, I think it's worth looking into. I, I do not think it compares to Game Pass. The, when they do get big blockbuster games, God of War, Spider-Man or whatever, they're on the service for, I would argue, a very short amount of time. I know games cycle in and out of Game Pass as well, but the first-party Microsoft games don't cycle out. And that and day and date are are the big differentiators between it. And then because you're there for those... You do, I think, as you're doing now, Jeff, you you look at other things also. It's like, oh, I watched The Old Guard on Netflix. Well, now I have Netflix. What else is there? You know, what else am I going right. to look at and see? Um, and I think that's where PlayStation now doesn't quite have, um, isn't on par with, with Xbox. But I have friends that have it. They only have PlayStation. They have PlayStation now. 
and there are great games to play. It's just you won't be part of the zeitgeist for better or worse um, if you're doing most of your gaming through PlayStation. Now, while you can be a big part of the, at least the Xbox zeitgeist if you do all of your gaming through Game Pass, that to me is the biggest differentiator. Exactly. Hey, Chris, yeah. is that also available for mobile or is it just only for the console? Uh, well, PlayStation, what are the, theirs is kind of like how Xbox, um, you stream it from your console. Um, what do they call it? I played with it a button. Remote play. Remote play. I think. Okay. Um, and PlayStation, yeah, I think they did that, you know, well before xCloud allowed you to do that. PlayStation has a lot of really interesting things like that. They're not, um, perfect isn't quite the right, right word because xCloud's not perfect either. But, you know, they're not shown off <laughs> uh, in a great way. I think, Jeff, we did a game too where, like, I forget what the share screen or whatever. Like you were, I was watching you play and then I took over control for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Really cool stuff. That's there. It's just not the focus for them. And because of that, none of it mm-hmm. is user friendly the way I'd want it to be. I, I think PlayStation, they always been good at promoting hardware, but when it comes to software, they really don't talk about it that much. You know, X or services. Oh, services. Yeah. Games, yeah. 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 But, but Xbox, they go all out promoting their services, you know? So yeah. that, that I think I wish that PlayStation start promoting that because I think that's a pretty cool technology, man. You know, yeah. and I, to me, that's going to be the future, you know, so they should definitely talk more about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm certainly talking a lot about it. I, I love game pass. I'm, uh, I'm so 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 happy with it. I find I love logging on and seeing what new little indie titles are, have popped up, what is going on, like and having the big stuff just there to play, just to be able to play it. I mean, I think I kickstarted w- Wasteland Three. <laughs> I think I kickstarted it back in the day. I didn't even need to do that because it's now free. I know, right? But Game Pass, <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. Danny Pena, thank you so much for being here, man. It's been a delight talking to that you. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, you know, I've been hearing about you guys for a very long time, and, and it's an honor, man, to be here, man. Really cool. Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the stuff you have going on online. Yeah, you guys could find me on any podcast app. Uh, just search for Gamertag Radio. You could also follow me on Twitter. I'm very active there. Godfrey, G-O-D-F-R-E-E. And uh, yeah, same if you want to play Xbox games, add me at Gamertag Godfrey, and we could definitely play some some games, man, online. That's awesome. Very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Melting, apparently. Suffering mm. rolling blackouts. Um, yeah. <laughs> if I have internet and power, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at, at Spicer. Um yeah, and then I stream this show, pretty much just this show, uh, Sunday, 7.15 p.m. Pacific time on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. Uh, Jeff, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And guess what, folks? I'm on Cameo now. That's right. I'm on Cameo. I joined Cameo. What is Cameo? Oh, it's a thing where you can like get people to say stuff for you. I joined because if you listen to my other podcast, the Slash Filmcast, uh, where I talk about movies and TV shows over at slashfilmcast.com, 
Uh, I do limericks every week. I do a limerick uh, movie review every week. And uh, a lot of people started asking me for birthday wishes or anniversary wishes or stuff uh, in the form of a limerick. And so now I'm on Cameo officially offering that service to you. Uh, if you would like a limerick from me or really any message, it doesn't have to be a limerick. Uh, if you'd like any message for your friends or family or yourself, whatever it is, uh, I'm on the service on Cameo, cameo.com slash Jeff Canada. You can find me. Uh, this is new. I just started this week. I've already done, I don't know, about 10 cameos and it's been really fun. Um, and people are really digging it. So, uh, I'm encouraged. So check me out if you have that uh, desire. Also, um, I do a comedy science show called we have concerns, which you can find at we have concerns.com. You'll learn something and laugh along the way. And my long form dungeons and dragon show called the dungeon run that you can find as an audio podcast by searching for The Dungeon Run, wherever you get podcasts, or you can find us on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run there. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> by searching for The Dungeon Run there. Or uh, you can watch live as we record Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. All right. Let's uh, wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Danny, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes, I have two. One, this Wednesday, watch High Score docuseries coming out on Netflix. It's a documentary series all about uh, the history of our video games. Highly, highly mm. recommended. I got an advanced copy. Fantastic series, and I can't wait for people to watch it. That's pretty cool. And another one, I'm a huge hip-hop fan, so uh, I've been listening to a lot of Logic. New album, No Pressure. It's his final album because he's retiring from from music. So and now he's going to be strictly streaming on Twitch from now on. So <laughs> that's about it. Wow. So yeah, go listen to it. It's a pretty cool album. Very very cool. Great suggestions. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for that high score show. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, Christian Spicer, do you have a parting gift? I do. If you're in the United States, I encourage you to um, see uh, how long the mail takes to get to you and how long it takes to get to people you are sending your mail to through USPS. And I encourage you um, to get involved and call your representative and your senator about what is happening with the USPS. And I would encourage you, if you're able to, to uh, vote by mail and to make sure that you do what you need to do to get that done early. Uh, vote however you are going to vote, but be safe and let's protect our um, postal workers and support the USPS. Yes, I, I second all of that. Yeah, thank you. Get involved. Thank you, Christian, for mentioning that. Man. Very important. Vote. Yeah, very, yep. very important. Vote for sure. Make sure you're registered. Make sure you know I have all your ducks in a row. And just, it's not, it's very simple. Uh, this year they're making it difficult for you, <laughs> but it really is very simple to vote. And I hope you uh, don't let the fact that our postal service is uh, under attack to stop you. All right. To call your senators and representative. And again, if you support what they're doing, support it. But it, 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 they're, you know, on recess right now, you'll probably be able to get a hold of someone's staff at the office. The phone call will be short because they are busy and you state your name and your opinion. And it, it seems silly because even as an old, you know, I don't call people on the phone much and there's an aversion to it, but phone calls and letters go much further 
than the form email, and they certainly go much further than the tweet. Uh, pick up the phone, or better yet, or also write them a letter, send it via USPS, and have your voice heard. It's important. Yeah. We have a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us from Steve. He writes to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Steve says, hi, DLC. In recent years, I found it very difficult to maintain any sense of optimism in light of world events, and this is especially true at this moment. I can highly recommend a book that I have found enormously helpful to avoid despair. Factfulness by Professor Hans Rosling. The book goes through statistics in areas such as violence, racial equality, gender equality, sexuality, and poverty. And it comes to the astonishing conclusion that the world our children are being born into is more tolerant, peaceful, more egalitarian, more caring a world than the one we arrived in. Although we still have such a long way to go, focusing on how very far we've come may help give you strength for the fight. Professor Rossling has a couple of TED Talks if you just want a small taste. Thanks for keeping our spirits up each week, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate that parting gift. I, I haven't read that, but uh, it is it is good to uh, remind ourselves that we are making progress, uh, even if there is still a long way to go. Factfulness by Professor Hans Rosling. My parting gift uh, is food, because I have recently found I, I'm a fan of a hot dog. I go uh, I go turkey dogs this way th- these days, or chicken dogs. I don't do the beef, but I love me a good hot dog and a hot dog bun. And I tell you what, I've recently discovered, and I know there's many of you out there going to be like, Jeff, you're late to the party on this. Okay, yeah, I'm late to the party on this. I've recently discovered grilling up some veggies and throwing them in my hot dog. Hmm. Now, I I didn't not know grilled veggies in a hot dog were good. I have those at the fancy hot dog places. There's there's some places in Los Angeles that do the fancy sausages or fancy hot dogs. They have the roasted onions and bell peppers and stuff. Uh, and I, but I just always assumed that was like a fancy place thing. It was a getting a fancy hot dog that I'm spending like, you know, $8 on a hot dog. That's where you get the fancy stuff. It never occurred to me I could do it at home, but oh my goodness, it's so easy. Just, uh, chop up some onions, chop up some bell pepper, throw them in a pan with some olive oil and you roast them for, you know, not too long at all until they're nice and soft. And then Throw it in the bun with your dog. Holy moly, that's delicious. I would encourage anyone to give it a try. I've been having them like that lately, and boy, oh boy. Delish, and also feels like I'm having a little bit more, uh, you know, vegetables than I would normally. So there you go. Put some roasted veggies on your hot dogs. Sounds delicious. It's really good. It's really good. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Danny Pena and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us live in real time. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who listen to us each week. We're so grateful that you download the show and make time in your week to spend it with us talking video games. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.